it is so nice just to hear what other pet parents struggle with and the like ups and downs and mistakes and like, oh wow, okay, this person did this. I feel so much better that I did this. I don't have to feel so bad about it. This is the With a Dog Podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Hello, people with a dog. I am fresh off my trip to Chicago. We were visiting some family who works at University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, and it's about like almost two hours away from Chicago. So you fly into Chicago and we got some really cheap flights. We saw the city for a couple days and then we went out to Notre Dame and we toured the campus and visited family and went to a college football game. Um, Also, one of my friends from high school who now lives in Seattle and went to Notre Dame, met us out there. and We all went to the game together. It was super fun. I'm sure you're wondering who was watching the dogs Dogs are very well taken care of by my mother-in-law. I feel like, you know, when parents have that phrase, like when their kid needs like a sick day or they need someone to pick up the kid from school and they're like, oh, it's so nice to have family around when you have kids or something like that. Same applies to dogs. I feel like (laughs) I didn't have to worry about the rigmarole of like, okay, we need to find a trusted sitter. It's just like, hey, mother-in-law, can you stay at our place for a few days? Okay, cool. Bye. And no, I'm just kidding. I'm a little bit nicer than that. But it is very nice to have that built-in dog sitting for sure. But back to my trip. I had such a great time. I feel like I finally fulfilled what I wanted to do with the podcast when we first started it. And that was to actually go around to different cities to tour around and actually interview people in person. And I was able to do that on this trip, which was freaking awesome. So I packed up all of my podcast equipment. I messaged our guest today. I messaged her ahead of time and was like, hey, you want to do an interview? I'd love to meet you and your dog. And of course, you know, we are both vaccinated, made sure that we were both like feeling safe about it. And she was so nice. She came to my hotel room. I had a little setup for us. I had some gin and tonics and some cookies and She brought her dog, Rosie, and we just had a great interview. Um, So that was super fun. I really am hoping that I can do more of this kind of thing in the future. I also was able to see another podcast guest while I was in Chicago. So it was a previous guest, Amber Akar. She's a dog trainer, and she's been on three times now, I think. She had a great episode about like having dogs and cats and like building the relationship between the two of them. And then also an episode that all of you guys have loved. It's one of my highest downloaded episodes. It's Anxiety Society, which I think is like maybe number like 25. It's it's way early on. So definitely check those episodes out if you haven't listened to those. But it was so nice to actually meet Amber in person rather than just over Zoom or texting like we've done many times before. So She just happened to be in the city at the same time that I was. And I saw it on her Instagram stories and was like, hey, you want to get together if you're around? I'm not doing anything until our dinner reservations. And we made it happen. And so got some drinks together and I got to meet her dogs that she had with her. And it was super awesome. So that was my Chicago trip. I had a great time. I have another trip coming up in a few weeks where I get to beat even more of my previous podcast guests, which I'm very excited about. I'll tell you more about that in a future episode. But today's interview. All right. So something I've been really interested in lately is monetizing the podcast. I've told you that before. I've been really open about this with you guys. So you know uh, that it's in the plans, it's in the works, but I feel like it's the next step so I can continue giving you guys great content every week and then also make some money so I can invest it back into the podcast and maybe put on events or making a membership super worth it for you, things like that. However, I have so much fear and uncertainty around all of it, and I want 
to make sure I'm doing it right, you know, right for you guys, right for my own ethics, and then like legally correct as well. (laughs) So honestly, it's been something I've been struggling with. And I've been coming across a lot of great Instagram accounts out there about how to monetize and how to know your worth and the correct way to look over contracts and things like that. And so that is how I came across today's guest. And so today we have on Brittany and Rosie. So Brittany is the dog mom of Rosie, which you can find her Instagram is at Rosie the Cream. And then Brittany has her own personal Instagram also called Working Dog Mama. And on that Instagram, she has so much great advice about just like how to monetize, how to pitch to sponsors, things like that. And then of course, on Rosie's page, she has some great relatable dog mom content too. When I saw that she lived in Chicago and that I knew I had a trip coming up and I'd be visiting. It felt like the stars aligned. I was like, I got to have her on. This is perfect. And I just want to say, I know a lot of you guys listen to this and you're not interested in monetizing your dog's Instagram, or maybe you don't even have a dog Instagram and you're like, Carly, this doesn't apply to me. I totally get it. For the first half of the interview, we literally just talk about like dog mom stuff, what we're watching and reading and products we're loving. And then also her story of how she found a really reputable breeder to get Rosie from as well. And kind of her experience of like puppy life a little bit. And then for kind of the last half, we talk a little bit more about monetizing. You may not feel like it applies to you. However, just know if you are putting good content out there that people are enjoying, there is no shame in leveraging that in a monetary way. And that is something that I've had a breakthrough about recently is that it's like there's no shame in the game. If you are spending time and energy putting something out into the world or if you use products that you know that your audience would lo- would be interested in, there's no shame in getting an affiliate link or reaching out to that brand and seeing if you could work with them. And so that's why I wanted to have Brittany on today because it's something that I've been working on personally, trying to get over that mental hump of learning to monetize. And I wanted to offer her advice. I wanted to have her on so she could give advice to you guys as well. So I hope you enjoy. I hope that this is useful to you. And let's bring on Brittany. All right. So we are here in my hotel room in Chicago, and I've got Brittany. And if you hear any background noise, Rosie is in the back chewing a bone and rummaging around in things and being very cute. So thank you for stopping by and coming to see me, Brittany. Thanks so much for having me. We're so excited to be here. Well, I am so excited that we were able to actually connect in person and coordinate this while I was in town. So before we get into it, if you could just briefly introduce yourself and Rosie to the listeners. Yeah, so I'm Brittany, and we actually are from Chicago. So this is really nice to be able to do this in person. I feel like the in-person connection is really essential these days. And we, Rosie is about a year and a half old now. Um and she's an English cream golden retriever, which is basically just a white golden retriever. Um, there's nothing too, super special about the white color. Um, Don't and- listen to her, Rosie. You're beautiful and so special. <laughs> so special, Rosie. And um, I'm in medical device sales, so I unfortunately do not get to have the work from home luxury that so many dog moms do get to have. Um, but we've been managing to make it work. And she is technically a quarantine puppy, but I like to kind of clarify those things because we technically put a deposit down on her in January before quarantine hit. We just happened to get her in May and it was just good timing. Yes. Okay. You're not a a pandemic puppy. You were thought about, dreamed about for years, Rosie. You were our dream. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's looking sideways. She's like, I know this. Am I an angel? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I already know that I'm an angel. Um, Okay, well, before we get into how you got Rosie and why and all of that, let's do a little life update. What are you as a dog mom watching, reading, streaming right now? 
Okay, so currently, like, this week, I am watching In the Dark, um, which is on Netflix. That is the – you are the second person who has recommended that. Yes. I mean, I pulled my, like, Rosie fam community, and they did not disappoint with the recommendations. And I don't know if this one was particularly recommended because it just, like, popped up on the – like, the Netflix, you know, like, top ten. But – this was like this is like one that everyone should just watch. And like if you liked clickbait, clickbait was like one of the ones that was super recommended um the last time I did a poll. Mm-hmm. Um you'll definitely like In the Dark and okay. Ted Lasso. Just like yes. can't like yeah. I will rewatch Ted Lasso forever. It's just like a feel good. I'm sure like you being like living in London, you like know yes. <laughs> like you reminiscing like two worlds colliding like all the things. Okay. Well, and a funny story about Ted Lasso. I think I said this a while ago, like when it first came out on the podcast, but um, we actually lived in Richmond where it takes place. No yeah, freaking so way. So literally the streets <laughs> that they walk on and stuff, that was like my commute. Like I walked to work on those exact streets. Oh like my the, God. those are not a set. Like those are the streets of Richmond. And so, and we, I actually saw them filming once. I didn't know it was Ted Lasso. No it was first the season one when they did that gala and there was a red carpet. Yes. Like that thing that they filmed, the building that they filmed it is actually a library. Okay. And I was like, Loopy, you've, you've walked those streets. Like I sit on the couch and watch that that's show. And Mike and I are like, oh my God, that's our, that's our like neighborhood. I always tell Lupin too. I'm like, Lupin, you've been there. You've you been, do you see the, the TV? You've been there. And he's just asleep on the couch and doesn't care. But yeah, it's just like such a feel good show. And like, you're also invested. And I also like love the kind of like subtle touches on mental health mm-hmm. as well that are kind of like integrated throughout the show. Um, it but has overall, like, just the good amount of drama. Yeah, like. it's like yeah, it's feel such- good but still drama. Yeah, suspense, and, like, good suspense, exactly throughout it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, Ted Lasso in the dark. Yep, solid. Yes. Those are my two right now. Um, I did just download. I think I think it's called My Friend Anna, but it's about like a fake heiress. I oh. have not. I like read read like a couple pages, so like I literally haven't done any like deep dive into it but i'm really excited like all all the things i've like heard about it are really good so that's a book yeah okay so downloaded it i like got a kindle like a year ago and i've not used it and this is like the first book i downloaded on it so (laughs) wish me luck on using the kindle very busy very very busy okay you're (laughs) still going to work you had to deal with little puppy life huh rosie yeah and dog insta, you know, yeah. just takes over. So I've been busy. I understand. It's so easy to like so I'm on because I read all the time and I'm on book talk okay. a lot. Like the book section of TikTok. And it's so funny because so many people have like funny videos about how we're just like on there like hearing about all these books, yes. but we're not actually reading them. Like That's us so as readers are like actually just on social media and stuff. Yeah. I had no idea there was like a whole section of like TikTok and also, like, Instagram. Like, Bookstagram. Yes. Yeah. No idea that was a thing. Yeah. So that's are, really cool. There are these girls. I'm I'm low-key jealous about it because when I was in high school, I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, you know, life was so hard because I, I was a reader and, like, president of book club or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, it's not like that at all. But <laughs> Rosie is really wanting to be part of the podcast. <laughs> um, but it was – it was definitely not a community like the, like it was yeah. still like a nerdy thing to do. Yeah, it wasn't whereas, like a cool like you're part of a group on exactly. TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, and now there's so many young women connecting about like the same exact things. And I'm like, that's really cool. That's awesome. especially because like it's similar to like if you like just like we we're talking about Ted Lasso. Like when people love a good book, they're like equally as invested. Yes. They're like, oh my God, you love this book. What did you think about this and that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like low key, like I'm jealous and like a little salty about it. Like, ugh, why didn't I have that? But then yeah. I'm also like, look at all of these young like women connecting about these cool books that they're reading and I'm hearing about cool books through it too. And it's good. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, back to, okay. We've talked about reading, streaming, watching. Are there any products that you and Rosie are loving right now? It could be anything. So I always love enrichment toys like, you know, and like I love dog Instagram because like they taught me all about this stuff. I would have had no idea. But recently I've started like putting Rosie's raw food more into the enrichment toys. 
um, that are like obviously for food um, and freezing them. And it's been a big game changer, especially just like both my boyfriend like had his um, hours extended. So we're both like really busy during the day and gone a long time. So it's nice to kind of have her have like a little bit enrichment in the morning before he leaves for work and then enrichment when I come home. So that's been really nice. Um, Something I like kind of don't think about again from dog Instagram though is like biothane products like biothane leash, biothane collars. And I just like thought about this today um, while we were on our walk because it's like pouring rain in Chicago. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this was like the best invention ever because when Rosie was a puppy – we had like this like cute little like I don't know braided rope leash that was like white mm-hmm. for like a week and yes. then yeah <laughs> like just became so disgusting. I think I took I think I threw it out, but it was like ugh. Um, and then like for me products, I just got the five minute journal. I'm sure you've seen it like yes. all over TikTok, and like I kind of avoided getting it because of like just you know I just didn't want to like do it because of TikTok, but. I have to say, I'm very, very impressed because I'm like one. Of, I'm like one of those people that just likes to journal, like when I'm able to like kind of think about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily like the commitment of having to do it every day. Yeah. But I think, and I really like. I don't know if you've had the if you have the journal or not. Mm-mm. But there's a whole chunk in the beginning of the journal that explains like the science and like the mindset piece of like how it's set up yeah. and i'm like one of those people that likes i'm like nerdy and like a neuroscience background like love to understand like why things work the way they do yeah. and so that kind of like makes it easier and then it's also just like really easy to do there's like three questions and like it's also a nice does it way to start take day. five minutes yes and okay. it actually takes like if you like think about because it's a little section in the morning and a little section at night so the morning's like you know two three minutes and the night's like two three minutes that's, so okay you can do it it's and doable. it's not, yeah and it's not like overwhelming by any means that's good to hear as you said the science part of it though because i feel like i mean i'm a sucker for any type of like sponsored ad oh, yeah. on instagram or tiktok like they just yeah. they know me and I buy it more often than not. And and you, usually it does work. Yeah. But I feel like when you listen to podcasts or you follow influencers or whatever, people are always like, oh, the thing that changed my life is journaling every morning. Yeah. And then you And then you like roll your eyes and you're like, okay. Yeah. But especially because it's like – it seems like – especially for like maybe someone like us where you don't really – you're not in the habit or you like don't love to journal every day or you don't like yeah. the commitment of journaling every day. It's like seems too intimidating. But this like – actually makes it easy to just like have your piece of gratitude and they even say in the like beginning piece of it you don't have to like think about these grandiose ideas about gratitude like literally be thankful for your bed and then you will like begin to think about other things as time goes on Mm -hmm. but like it is really nice the whole setup of it so highly recommend i think it's like 30 bucks or less maybe 20 okay it's not expensive I'll put I'll put the link in the show notes if anyone is influenced <laughs> by by the five minute journal. That's it does sound good though. Like as as you said, the science. Like if there's some kind of explanation showing like why it works, yeah, I think that makes so much more sense, or it would convince me more than sure. at, like as you said, it convinced you more rather than just like someone oh, being like, yeah. I'm so thankful now, and and you're just like, yeah, okay, hundred percent, <laughs> yeah, um, okay. Let's go back to Rosie. She's very happy right now, chewing on her bone. She's so cute. Um, okay, what is her favorite food? So definitely her raw food. But if we just had to like think about like other things, I would say she goes like crazy for liver treats or like anything like really stinky. The stinky, the yeah. stinkier, the stinkier, the better. better. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, especially, have you ever like fed your dogs cod skins? Because those yes. things are so smelly. Oh my god! But Rosie loves them. <laughs> my one dog Lupin is allergic to fish, and so he can't have it. But sometimes I'll buy it for Albie. Yeah, and Lupin gets very angry because he can smell it oh, like yeah. from a mile away. He's, He's like, like, I know there was a thing here that I could have <laughs> eaten, and Mom didn't let me. <laughs> so rude yeah and albie like smells it he's like over there like licking albie's face because he's like i know that he ate something good (laughs) that's so good okay the smellier the better what is her favorite toy 
I think anything like zippy paw squeaky, like she is obsessed with those burrow toys. Like you will see her like on Instagram stories, just like constantly just like squeaking them, throwing them at us. Like I think anything zippy paw squeaky will be is the top top okay. top favorite toys. Um, did, is she more of a beach or a mountains kind of girl? So we're still like working on water, like liking the water. She did a lot better this summer with a life jacket. So if your dog is not like into water, try a life jacket. That made her feel like 10 times better and like more secure. Uh, she likes digging in the sand, like loves to just like okay. go to town. But I think I would probably say current state is like mountains because she like loves the snow and all the scents and adventure and all of that. Yeah. So. All right. She's an outdoorsy Big snow girl. dog. Um, okay, is she – I put this I, – I try to phrase it as, like, bossy or chill, but, like, basically what I mean is, like, is she – like, in relation to other dogs, is she, like – Oh. Like, is she, you know, like, the alpha or, like, the beta, like, super submissive and, like, relaxed, or is she, like – I would say she's more bossy, bossy yeah. and, like, sassy. She does – some with some dogs, she can be more submissive, but, like, in play. Yeah. But I think, like – I don't know, though. Just, like – if you're talking about like with me and her, she's bossy. Like she's trying to boss she, me yeah. around. And she's trying to be. She's trying to tell me how life is gonna be. Um, but that, I think that's good too. Like in relation to people, is she yeah. also like she bossy is bossy and she's sassy? Bossy. Yeah, <laughs> she so, wants what she wants. That's so. That's so funny because like my dog Loopy will be bossy with me. Like he's yeah. like very stubborn and independent, and he wants what he wants. And then Albus is like whatever you want to do i'm so happy to please you mom but then in relation to dogs both of them are switched he is so submissive like he just like some dog will be humping him and he'll be like mom help and like just like stand there and be like and albie is like you want to go bro yeah so yes that's so interesting okay does she prefer people or other dogs I would say she prefers people more. Yeah. I think that, like, there's a lot of dogs that she's, like, interested in, but when it comes to, like, actually playing, she's like, mm, can you not, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely think she has, like, a very, pref- she's very preferential to certain type of dogs, but I would say people okay. more. I mean, she is a retriever, so, yeah. like, so I, I feel like the, the people and, like, loving her people makes yeah. sense. All right. Is she clingy or independent? Definitely clingy. <laughs> She's like, like, she is a pandemic puppy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, she's a fact. Can we use affectionate? Yeah. <laughs> no, she loves being around us and would prefer not to have any separation. Although I do have to say, though, like with the pandemic and everything, I feel like we did a good job of like having her in her, like doing crate time. Like, so she's really good in her crate, um, which I feel very grateful for because I know like not all pandemic puppies yes. are great with like, the separation anxiety like she's like and also too like she's fine when we're like gone all day at work like she's not like she doesn't have anxiety that way but like if for example we like shut the door on her and like we're in the bedroom and she's like outside she's like whining at the door until we like let her in okay so when you're around she's like yeah she's like let me me. be let me be part of the world yes <laughs> She's like, I am your world. Yes. Why am I not in there with you? <laughs> Why are you kicking me out? You're like, Rosie, we need like two seconds to clean. You do not help the two cleaning seconds. process. Um, okay. Well, we've talked about Rosie and her her likes and her dislikes and her favorite foods. Tell me more about how like cause you said you put a deposit on her in January 2020. So yeah. Like, how did you decide she was the breed that you wanted? And, like, how did you find the breeder? And, like, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I think, like, going back to all, like, the decision, like, to finally start the process, I think a lot of our friends, like, especially just, like, on Instagram, we were seeing, like, all the dog, like, new dogs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were golden retrievers, I think. Yeah. And I had two friends that have – um, English creep golden retrievers and I just like love them I love how they look I love their temperaments yeah um and I realize now that it's like not like a golden retriever has like this temperament it's like or I mean like golden retrievers commonly have like good temperaments yeah. but like it is it's like nature and into, nurture. yeah yeah so um that's where like one of my friends knew a little bit more about that 
when like when she was telling me about her breeder for her English cream golden retriever. So I actually contacted her specific breeder. Um, one thing that like stood out to me because I was like asking her like, yeah, like how did you decide? Like, was she a good puppy? And she was like, yeah, she was the best puppy. She was like crate trained. She like came crate trained. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. Like, and assuming, remember, there's like no pandemic in sight. So I was yeah. like, I need a crate trained dog because I live in a condo in Chicago and we work all day. So I was like, we got to have a good crate trained dog. Yeah. So I was really looking for like an AKC like qualified dog. So I went on the AK- – like that breeder didn't end up like having any dogs available. And I'm glad like sometimes I'm very impulsive. So, you know, they're like, okay, there's three dogs that you can get next week. And I'm just like um, – I'm like, okay, like I'll just go get the dog. <laughs> like <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> like no big deal. But I'm really glad that I like – took a step back and was like, okay, I will wait for the right dog and like prepare and all this stuff. And I'm really happy I did. Um, but so I, that dog like breeder that my friend used for her dog um, didn't have any dogs. And so I went on the AKC website and there's like two filters. I think there's like one for like a heart certification and then like one for like something with like orthopedics or there's like two different okay. certifications that you can like filter on yeah and i put both of those on and then i like just did a bunch of like reading through the um, profiles reading through their websites mm-hmm. and then settled on my breeder and i loved what she did because she was like didn't just want to like let me put a deposit down she's like hey like let's have a conversation like let's see if like you're a good fit for our dogs and yeah um we had to like find the right time and like she really like she kind of breeds therapy dogs so i like that that's like the temperament that she breeds into her dogs yeah. and her lines so that was really nice but honestly i did luck out because our breeder taught me way more about what i should be looking for in a breeder mm. than i even knew about yes um so and one thing specifically was like puppy culture i don't know if yeah. you've heard about it before but like I was so like, Charlotte with dogs, yes. one of our other, my yep. other guests, she has the English cream retriever too. And she mentioned that when she was yeah. looking at breeders. I did not know. And I, again, this is like something my breeder taught me. Like yeah. she taught me so many different things about I mean, like. The average person doesn't know. No. Yeah. And yeah. I would never have any idea. And I'm like so, I feel so lucky that we like did get a breeder like that. And we like have such a great relationship with our breeder too. Like constant text updates and you know, I felt comfortable texting her and calling her at any point in time during puppyhood. Mm-hmm. And she never, like, once acted annoyed, like, once was short with me, just, like, so, like, open to give me, like, any sort of information, any sort of solutions. Yeah. Um. So I feel really lucky. That is good. We got. Well, especially because didn't Rosie have a bunch of digestive issues yes. to begin with, too? Yeah. Yeah. So that was like I can bet I like I can we, imagine. Yeah, texting I was her calling, constantly. calling and yeah. texting her. Like, te- I don't know how many poop pictures I sent her. Like, <laughs> like I was like, is this normal? <laughs> She's like, no, you need She's to go like, to the vet. No, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm like, what about this one? <laughs> yeah, no. There's like, I don't even know. Unfortunately, how many poop pictures got sent? No, it sounds like you, as you said, it's so easy to get caught up with the like make an impulsive decision yeah you know like once you make the decision that you're like okay i want a dog and this is the breed i want you know once you make all those decisions it's so easy to contact a breeder and then they're like immediately like well i have three available yeah put your name down now and you're like oh shit and then you you feel like this is like you like have to do it or the dogs are gone exactly and that's like that was the nice thing like i think our the breeder that we had like we went with I think she might have had one girl left and we wanted a girl specifically. And there was something in me that was like, you can wait. And like, she told me when her like next like litter was happening. And that's like, you you know, especially when somebody like who is impulsive, kind of like me, you know, wants to get a dog faster. The fact that like I put a deposit down in January and then the dog wasn't even bred until March. Yeah. And then she didn't even have the puppies till like end of March. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we didn't get Rosie until May. I don't even yeah. think. Yeah. Like maybe she was bred in like February, but either way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was like born in March. So, oh my God, we're getting a little crazy coconut She's- action. <laughs> <laughs> She's so sweet. Okay. We're back. We took a short 
intermission for Rosie to do a little potty just in case since she was being a little active. But we're back into it. And we were talking about how you got her and how you decided on the breeder and how that was a really good experience learning so much about puppy life and the breed from the breeder and like what you should look for in a breeder, which is good. So it sounds like you had a really good experience all around. Yes. And I definitely recommend like having a breeder where you can be like really like you can trust them yeah and you can like feel comfortable asking them questions because i think like ultimately like even if you've had a dog before or if you're a dog person whatever it is like you really don't know that much about dogs unless you are like a behaviorist or if you are like a trainer a dog trainer yeah or you like come from a dog background like there's so much to learn about dogs and so being able to like ask the stupid questions and like not be afraid like I think we all just have to kind of like level set and acknowledge that we don't know that much about them and like give ourselves grace to like mess it up yes exactly exactly I think it's also like and maybe this is one of the reasons that I've stayed away from getting a puppy puppy one of them being like the amount of work that goes into puppy life but then also I think the stakes can sometimes be higher because if you don't know going in and if you don't ask the questions it, it sounds like you asked questions at least but if you don't ask the questions then you could end up accidentally like I don't know at least I have the fear of like accidentally creating a dog that is like fear aggressive or reactive or like you know not properly socialized or like things like that for sure it can like i mean i'm not saying that that's like always gonna happen yeah if people don't know what they're doing but yeah i feel like it's a higher risk and sometimes that scares me yeah well to be perfectly honest like i didn't realize this was like something that we could have changed a little bit and i don't blame us whatsoever but like our trainer was like you know some of the behaviors that you allow and some of the ways that you like interact with rosie might have like caused some anxiety and overstimulation Mm -hmm. which like kind of sucked to hear at first but it was nice to know that like we could do something about it yeah and some of those things like are kind of exhibited like right now like what she's doing is just kind of like pacing around Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like just being overstimulated Mm -hmm. and some of the things that, like, we did were just, like, we didn't really have any structure. And, like, who the heck knows what structure is before, like, you know anything about dogs? Like, yeah, you don't know what that means. And that's no. okay. But, like, that should just be in, like, a 101 handbook of, like, dog ownership. And it doesn't mean that you're, like, a you're, like, punishing your dog. It just means that you're giving them, like, a routine yeah. to follow and, like, a, hey, like, this is place and this is where you can, like, lie down and relax and mm-hmm. chill out. Yeah. And so, like, doing those things could have, like, helped some of her, like, anxiety-driven behavior and, yeah. like, overstimulation. And that's so interesting because I'm actually having to go back and do a lot of that stuff yeah. with Lupin right now because he never needed that his whole life. But now that he's a senior dog, I think – he, he just has – I think he has more anxiety because before the pandemic, he went to work with me almost every day. Yeah. And then COVID happened and we were home at every day. So he's like almost – I wouldn't say he's developed separation anxiety because when we do leave the house, he is fine. Yeah. But I feel like when we're there – It's like in the home. Yeah. Yeah. He wants a lot more. And I think – yeah. So like I'm having to like create so much more structure and like make sure he's not – overstimulating all these things that I think a lot of a lot of puppy parents have to go through yeah and now I'm like doing it with my senior dog because he has like old man anxiety and dementia probably a little bit and yeah yeah but those are the things where you start out and I think the two things that like make that like weren't necessarily mistakes or like the two biggest like stressors I think were just like training and the digestive issues with Rosie. So, like... Digestive it, issues alone. Yeah. Is, or uh, training alone. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, training from, like, a behavioral aspect. Because I feel like on Instagram, everyone's like, my dog knows all these tricks. And I was like, Rosie doesn't like tricks very much. But, yeah. like, you know, she could, like, sit or whatever. And I didn't, like, know as much about the behavioral aspects of training. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have, like... Basically, I think my advice to myself would be save enough money for the dog, emergency bet bills, mm-hmm. and a dog trainer. Yeah. Just get it. You're going to get a dog trainer. That's yes. it. Like, 
you don't know how to train. You don't really like to do a lot of like excessive training. Like yeah. some people really enjoy doing that some with their dog. Love that. Yeah. I will do it because I know it's good for us, mm-hmm. but like I will not spend any extra time doing it if yes. I don't have to. Okay. You're on my wavelength. Yeah. I've said it on no. this podcast before. I am such a like low effort dog. Oh, uh, me too. Like, <laughs> well, like in, in the training aspect of it, yes. like I want to do the bare minimum. I hate saying it, but like, it it's just how I am, and I yeah. and that means that like you need a train like I needed a trainer to one hold me accountable. Like when we worked with a trainer, we finally got a trainer. Mm-hmm. He was like, "What did you do this week?" And like we're paying all this money, like I'm not gonna not do the training. Yeah, yeah. So true. it was like a huge help, and I just wish I did, would have done it initially it's because like when you have to work out and you do like a personal training. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, "Did you follow the meal plan?" Yeah, you're, like, you're like, "Yeah, kind of." <laughs> So I feel like those are the things that like, and finding like a trainer that breaks it down and like speaks your language, like our trainer we worked with, like I wish that I would have done a little bit more research or like just done more development on like the relationship building between Rosie and I to like build that trust. And that's like kind of what we're working on right now. Um, But like those things also can be so simplified, like relationship building, like some people spend a lot of time doing it, which is awesome. But like there are some basic things like I just like did watch a YouTube video where you're literally just like getting the dog's eye contact. Mm -hmm. Like that's so easy to like just move around and like wait for them to come to you and choose like your eye contact over the treat in your hand. Yeah. Like that's an easy like engagement thing. Mm -hmm. So I wish we would have done a little bit of that, but our trainer really did make it super easy to train and get the results that we wanted to. That's good. Well, and the fact that you got a trainer. Yeah. As you, and as you said, everyone listening, like I think I feel like I need to do another episode or a, an episode at some point about like the actual amount of money that I have spent and like break it down of like over the course of their life plus the budget, uh, like yeah. the monthly budget and things like that because it can definitely add up. And that's why yeah. I did that episode on pet insurance because I was like, yeah. guys, you know, like get it it's early if you it. can because it, it can definitely be worth it. Yeah. And that's where I think like even even if you did like the unnecessary expenses because you didn't spend the initial thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's where I think like, you know, maybe I would have spent X amount on like puppy training and I wouldn't have had to spend X now on like this training. Yes. Yeah. True. Oh, hello, Rosie. You're a good girl. Um, okay. Well, how did the Instagram and blog come about then in this journey? Yeah. So my uh, breeder, I think like what it really came down to is my breeder posted so many great pictures of the puppies in like the family Facebook group, like the Show Me Golden's Facebook group. Yeah. And I was like, I want to show everybody these pictures. (laughs) And so I just like created her account and started like posting those pictures. So like, it is kind of funny because early on, I have no idea what there's 13 puppies on the letter. No idea which puppies I was posting. (laughs) It was all it was all rosy, like, quote unquote, rosy. Um, But it was really fun to kind of like get the updates and like share the like journey because it was literally like, the first picture I ever posted was Gracie, her mom, with all the puppies, all 13 puppies. And then, you know, you can, like, really see the puppies grow up. And then, like, it was, um, like, her gotcha day. And then, like, you know, we had those pictures. So we had, like, a whole chronological order of, like, her entire life, which I think is really cool. That is so cool. To, like, document and share. Um, And then really just, like, to – I loved the dog Insta world. Like, I really was not super in touch with it, like, on my personal account. But I, like, followed a couple dogs and, like, just liked, like, following them. I enjoyed that. So I just wanted to, like, be part of that. And then I had no idea, like, just how amazing and, like, connected it was. And, like, it was such a godsend. Like, all these things I've learned about, um, like, enrichment toys and dog puzzles and structure and raw food. Like, I probably would have not, like, jumped to raw food as quickly as of a solution, like, to get a solution for Rosie if it wasn't for Instagram. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that I'm just like, wow. It's just so amazing that we were able to, like, plug into it. And then, of course, it was COVID. So, I just, like – dove into research (laughs) and i was like i'm gonna make this a thing this is happening (laughs) no i think that's 
I think it's so special to have, as you said, that chronological kind of documentation of Rosie's whole life. That is something I wish I did more of with Loopy of like documenting like when I first got him. Because it's like I had an Instagram, but that was back when Instagram was like everyone was posting pictures of their like salad at lunch or something and it wasn't like <laughs> yes. actually what it is with now. a filter like yeah or like four filters <laughs> yeah exactly it's like a selfie of them and like a flower of their neighbors or something you know it's just yeah. like yeah <laughs> so it was not what it was but i do wish that i had more because i i the other day i went back to look for pictures when he was younger and i was like oh my god i can like barely find any yeah and um yeah and if i did have them they had like a weird filter on it or something yeah um no, I think that's so cool. But as what you're saying about also on Instagram being able to get all of that information. Yeah. That is because, I mean, everyone, you know, say what you want about social media. And a lot of people hate it for various reasons, which is valid because there are, you know, there is a downside. Yeah. But the actual knowledge and information and connection you can get, yeah, especially as a new dog parent, is insurmountable. Yeah. And that's, like, really – and I didn't know this, like, when I first started of, like, defining kind of, like, your account and, like, what you want to talk about. But, like, I really, like, thought about what I want to share on Rosie's account. And it is, like, for the new dog mom and the new dog parent and, like, first-time dog mom. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I, like, go about this? And I've, like, started, like, polling my audience or just, like, asking my audience, like, way more questions because, Mm -hmm. like – Obviously, I have, like, one way of doing things, but there are so many different solutions to the same problems. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's really nice to just, like, one of the things I was like, what are, like, all of the dog frustrations, like, puppy frustrations? And I, like, compiled all of them up and, like, put them in a blog post. And it was just, like, really comforting to go through and be like, wow, like, I was not alone in this. Like, and I feel so comforted, like, knowing these things. And now I'm going back and, like, compiling you know like okay one of them was like um potty training like what are your tips on potty training and everyone does potty training a little differently everyone has different things that work for them so it'll be nice to compile those answers and then be able to share them in another post to reference and it's not just like Brittany said this and it's all this you know it's like it's like these are different options dog moms ways of doing it and you can pick and choose whatever works best for you yes i think that's that's something that i'm trying to aim for on the podcast too is just like here's all of the info yeah like here's you know like i've talked to this person i've talked to this person there's different ways of doing this like now you can decide you as the listener can decide what route you want to take as far as like feeding your dog or training or as you said potty training things like that yeah i wish that i was listening to your podcast like way back when i got rosie because it is so nice just to hear like what other pet parents struggle with and like the like ups and downs and mistakes (laughs) and like oh wow okay this person did this like I feel so much better that I did this like (laughs) I don't have to feel so bad about it no it's and that's what I'm like trying to do more of too like talk more about those kind of topics as well it's it's kind of funny because I really wish I talked more about like our struggles when we were going through it but like god it was like so hard to talk about when we were like in the thick of it and you know in the future like with our next dog or whatever like Mm -hmm. i will do more of that because i know like how to do it better yeah but like i really could have given a lot of insight i think but it was just like it was like you know sometimes dog insta is like this happy sunshine place but i'm just like wow i was like up every night at two or three in the morning and like then at five in the morning and yes it was like I wish I would have just shared that because I'm sure there was like so many other dog parents at the time that were like doing the same thing. Yes. Oh my God. The amount of like 2 a.m. potty breaks where it was like either he didn't have to go. He just like randomly woke us up and then like stood in the yard and like stared at me. And I was like, why are we out here? Or the actual like explosive diarrhea. Oh yeah. Days. It was like, it's just like, there's been so many. Um, Okay, well, speaking on the Instagram, so you have your Instagram with Rosie, but then you have your own, which is Working Dog Mama Instagram, and that is like advocating and helping other dog momagers, dog mom managers out there. (laughs) So how did you start doing that? Yeah, so I have always like done training in my like medical sales job, and I love like 
helping people like achieve their goals or like learn things um, just in that way. And because I had spent so much time like learning on Instagram during COVID, I really wanted a way to like empower other dog parents to like do the same things I was doing. And especially in terms of like monetization and like making money from your own Instagram, whether that's like your own products or affiliate links or brand deals. And I felt like there was a lot of people that just had no idea that they could even make like thousands of dollars from their dog Instagram. Yeah. Let alone like how to ask for it, how to negotiate, like where this to go is, for this it. Is me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like it, like it started and I like went, th- like I'm in this mastermind and one of the exercises we did was like go through your journey from like the beginning of like where you started to where you are now. Mm-hmm. And I remember being the person that like didn't realize I could make thousands of dollars for my dog and stuff. I was like, yeah. oh, I'll definitely get free stuff. But like, yeah, no idea that like this, like how much money I could make from all of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's like one is like a huge part of just like awareness for like pet parents and like, you know, any sort of dog account to be like, okay, you can make money from this if you want to. Yeah. And then just, like, empowering people to, like, ask for, like, the actual amount of money that they're worth, not just, like, asking for, like, $25 for a post. Like, Mm -hmm. you're worth more than that. And then, like, also just touching on, like, little things kind of, like, things to watch out for and, like, how to make more money or things to watch out for, like, in a contract. Because, like, who's who reads contracts like that? Yeah. And I'm not a lawyer, but, like, I've read enough of my own contracts to, like, know what – red flags to look out for and like different things to be like okay if this if the contract says this you can charge x amount more Mm -hmm. that's so valuable because i think there's a lot of people that let's say they have like you know a few thousand instagram followers for their dog and they start getting approached by brands like hey we'll send you this free bandana if you post about it or whatever you know and then like as a regular person you're like oh cool something free like yeah sure i could do a post but then you start questioning, like, yes, you get this bandana, let's say, and it's crappy quality. Yep. And you're like, uh, wait, now I have to post about it, but I yeah. don't actually support the product. But I said this, you know, that I would. Yes. And then you start like spinning out. I think there's so many people that are like not looking to monetize their Instagram, but then they yeah. they fall into it kind of. That's you know? a really good perspective. I actually didn't think that much about that perspective and what all that entails because i think that some maybe some of some of those people that are in that realm in that like mindset they want to still build the relationships and trust from the audience <laughs> rosie's Rose. having a little crazy moment <laughs> rosie, go, go over there come here rosie hi <laughs> they like want to maintain the trust from their audience yeah by like only recommending stuff that they really love mm-hmm. but they like feel the pressure to like kind of continue the deal yeah so i definitely think that there's like you i think that once you like kind of get into that space you have to decide i'm not going to monetize or mm-hmm. i'm going to do it and like you can obviously change your mind at any point in time but like I think ultimately what's the most important is maintaining your audience's trust. Like, you don't want to break that ever by, like, recommending or, like, being tempted by a product. Even Mm -hmm. that's, like, free. Because I definitely – there was, like, two products that I got and I was, like, okay, this, like, sounds good in theory. But then, like, it it just didn't work. Yeah. And I was, like, this kind of, like, sucks. Like, it was just a really, like, hard place to be in because it was, was, like, right at the beginning and I just, like, didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that that's a really good point that, like, when you get to that spot, you kind of have to, like, make the decision. Yeah. I think it just, like, people can choose to monetize and then they don't know how to go about it. Like, as you were saying, you know, that just, like, wait, what do I charge? How do I contact? All of those, which is the point that I'm at right now with yeah. the podcast where, I mean, I could have monetized sooner for sure. And I had a lot of um, people giving me advice I did not ask for about how to monetize. And yeah. to monetize. mainly like older generation people who were like, yeah. Carly, just sell this product. And I'm like, I don't support that product though. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, but I don't like the yeah, product. Like, I don't want to actually recommend that to my listeners because they trust me and because yeah. I, I love them and I wouldn't like recommend that to a friend. So yeah. Yeah. And so I, but now that I feel like I'm in a place 
where I do want to do that. Yeah. What are your top advice? Basically, I'm um, getting free advice from you. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I guess your, like, I recommendations for if for anyone in that situation. Yeah, for sure. And I I give like so much advice like on my Instagram, especially yeah, like do. in my close friend story. Like I've started just because I I'm long winded. I'm not like in you know those little like stories only are so much so I like created a close friend story for those people who like really want more in-depth information yeah where I can like ramble a little bit more and (laughs) give more in-depth stuff for the people who want it but I think to start out and it's like probably not the answer that like everyone wants to hear but identifying who your audience is and what your brand is all about is like really important and it's what helps you like set yourself apart from other influencers even like just regular you know human influencers and it helps you sell yourself to the brand and i and there's so many different ways that you can do this but figuring out like those two things like who your audience is and what your brand's all about will like definitely set you apart and like get you the brand deals you actually want to get Mm -hmm. because a lot of the time what i hear is like i want these brand deals or i'm not hearing back from the brands and i'm like well you know, you're a city account, but you're like, and you only talk about the city, but then you're also like, you're pitching a nature brand. Like yeah. that doesn't like, yeah, that doesn't like align. Outdoorsy color and leash set or whatever that's like made for hiking when you're a city brand. Yeah. 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 And like, those are the sort of things where you're like, okay, if you want to incorporate that, then you have to talk about like your travels or you have to post like hiking once a month or yeah. you have to post like yeah. something adventurous once a month. But that should all be defined within your brand mm-hmm. of like who you are. And that makes it so much easier to pitch. And it just yeah. like tells your story for you. So those are like two like high level like first things. Mm-hmm. But I think that like it's so – another really simple thing is like figuring out who you want to work with. Like yeah. make a list. And this is – it's something that like – a lot of people have told me they struggle with. And I think you have to just like actually dedicate the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like not something that you're like, oh, and you have to kind of like keep your eyes peeled for it. So like anytime I'm on Instagram, you get those targeted ads. They know you, like yeah. they know what you want. I screen like half of my, like not half, but like probably 15% of my like photos are brands. Like I'm just screenshotting a brand I found. Yeah. And then like starting to follow and interact with those brands and showing like organic interest in them mm-hmm. will like g- help them discover you because there's thousands of dog Instagram accounts. Yes. There's thousands of Instagram accounts and they like can't just be like, oh, like Carly, there she is. Like <laughs> you have to be like, hey girl, like I'm yeah. over here. Like <laughs> pick me like and that's and that's you can easily do that through like commenting or like replying to their stories and they can be like oh my god like she is like awesome and she talks to pet parents and like it's really obvious because like that's what her podcast is all about and that's Mm -hmm. like what her audience wants to see so they would be like a great match yeah so like those are really fun things to like start doing and you'll be so surprised that brands are like replying back to you in stories and telling you like okay yeah like here's the contact to go and pitch yourself to yes and that's the thing too is like i definitely agree with what you're saying about finding the brands that is going to suit your content and suit you because i think it's so easy as a dog parent to be like oh i want BarkBox to sponsor me or like chewy.com and you're kind of like but there's so many other brands out there. Yes. And that's what I've been doing or amassing really in the last few months is like that list of like, okay, what brands do I specifically use Yep, that I can also say that I support yeah. and then also that I know my listeners will enjoy and, yeah. and then like also diversify because I'm like, okay, I'm a dog podcast. I need to keep it to dog stuff. I'm like, well, who's listening to the podcast? It's yeah. the parents. So yeah. like, oh, if there's this other thing in my life that yeah. I really like that's not related to dogs at all, like maybe I'll pitch to them too. Yeah, because, I like, it's really so encourage that actually. Yeah. Like even your laptop, like you can li- – like if this is something that Microsoft, like – Microsoft, sponsor me. Yeah, <laughs> but like those are the things like, you know, my, that might take a little bit longer to like yeah. just build up the relationship. But like if you start tagging Microsoft and like if you post a picture of you – in the hotel with your podcasting stuff and then you in a different environment like the microsoft is in all of the pictures like just keep tagging them you know yeah and there's so many brands that you probably use on a regular basis like 
that i mean even your shoes like your mm-hmm. shoes are really cool and like you could just you can easily put them in like you know have them in your stories like walking your dogs like you just yeah. pan to your shoes yeah and then the dogs but and then you tag like mark fisher and nordstrom yes and like that's just like organically using all of that stuff i was thinking about that the other day i eat um I wear Vessi shoes yeah. a lot. And I think I mean, I think they have like really high level big influencers who also promote for them. But I was like, these shoes are actually legit waterproof and I don't have wet feet when I walk my dog. Yeah. And this is, is life changing. Yeah. And other people need to use these. They- and I'm like, I would two hundred percent pitch to them. Yeah, you definitely should because they work with I think especially right now, I think they're kind of like on an outreach kick right now. Mm-hmm. Um and I think they've been working with, like, influence of influencers of all sizes. Yeah. And who – like, they might even be, like – I don't know if they're on any podcast, but, like, that would be a really unique angle to pitch them be like, hey, I have, like, this Instagram following and community, but, like, mm-hmm. I also have this awesome podcast. Like, yeah. have you been on a podcast before? Like, let's do it. Yes. And, you know, that could be a really unique angle. Um, I also think, too, like, I don't know, like, about you, but – podcasting like connects you to your audience in a completely different way yeah than like just instagram or like facebook like yes i feel like your listeners probably feel like they trust you on a completely different level than just an instagram following and that's the thing is like i had to get over that like imposter syndrome wise because i think initially when i started people were like oh well you know if your instagram doesn't have ten thousand followers then you're not gonna like brands don't want this like you need to have this many people who see your posts or whatever and like those were the standards but that was for like instagram stuff yeah i'm like well podcasting is a completely different relationship between you know the podcast and the listener versus like the instagram and the follower and i mean it's similar but like it's it's It's, still different i i mean i feel like i i invested in the mastermind that i'm in because of the girls podcast like yeah her instagram is awesome i love her stories i love her content Mm -hmm. but i fully invested in her because of her podcast alone yeah had i not listened to her podcast like it would have taken me like a lot more convincing to like sign up with her. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely feel like you have a really unique angle and like value that you can provide and connection that you can provide that a lot of other people can't. Well, you heard it here first, everyone. Um, <laughs> buy all of the things because we're very deeply connected by anything I recommend. <laughs> Brittany says so. So go ahead and do that. Um all right. Well, I think that rounds out all the topics that we wanted to talk about. Of course, Rosie's like finally settled. I'm glad this is a dog podcast, like a dog parent podcast. So like everyone understands what we just like went through. <laughs> and she it's not good. surprising. Like she was pretty good. I mean, she was a little like, you know, pacing around and making noise, but not like she wasn't filled with anxiety. She was, as you said, it was probably just a little bit like overstimulated. Yeah. The yeah. overstimulation is like such a frustrating piece, but anyways, we it's, made it. We, we did, did it. it. Yes, we got <laughs> it. Well, thank you again for coming to me and yeah. hanging out with me. Um, if people want to follow you or connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so on Rosie's page, Rosie the Cream on all social media platforms, her website is rosiethecreamretriever.com and we have some blog posts but we're gonna keep coming up with more and if you want more like social media stuff working dog mama is the my instagram page and tiktok and then i have a working dog mama's facebook group where everyone's like able to ask questions and we can kind of collaborate on different ideas a lot of people like share like questions about brand deals or like hey have you worked with this brand before and it's really awesome to see like the different people who are like oh yeah i do this with them or like i've been paid and like it encourages people to be like oh okay i can get i can ask to get paid um and then definitely join the close friend story if you like want more in-depth information and i have some freebies in my link in my bio on the working dog mama page the most commonly downloaded one is like a self-audit so like what should you have in your bio and like how should your profile be set up so that you're ready for the brand deals awesome yeah thank you so much for having me oh of course well thank you for being here again um i'll text michael uh my partner to come back upstairs and take instagram photos of us now (laughs) 
but if everyone wants to follow the podcast, it's at With a Dog Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Our Facebook page is called With a Dog Podcast as well. And we are here every Wednesday with new episodes. And we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>